Campanelli, what's yours? My name is Kirk Pinchon. Yeah, it is. This is the podcast where we pick a music-related topic, and then we watch video clips about that topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you can check out our video playlists so you can watch the clips that we talk about. Right, Kirk? Yeah, it's great. It's so fun. So great. Yeah. Uh, we have covered on previous episodes certain instruments. Mm-hmm. We did saxophone. Yep. We did bass. Did we do any other ones? Or are those nope. the only two? No, it's just it. those two. Well, it's time for number three. That's right. Complete the trilogy. <laughs> then we will have covered all the instruments. <laughs> there are no other instruments except nope. these three. Saxophone, bass, and piano. That's all you need for great music. Piano is what I said. That's what we're yeah. doing. Piano. Yeah. As my grandma once said, piano. Piani. Yeah. We're going to play a little piano. We're going to tickle the ivories. Tickle the ivories. Which is gross. I don't know why that's gross, but it's gross. It's not held up to the test of time. Yeah. yeah. The word tickle is never good. No. Um, actually, you know what? There's probably a good band you could make with just sax, bass, and piano. I bet you you could. Morphine is sax, bass, and drums. They're 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 close, but they're not there yet. Yeah, and piano's a percussion instrument yeah. technically. So I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we're talking about today. We're talking piano. about piano. Piano. Yeah. Do you have any personal experience with the piano? I do. My parents made me take piano for a year. Oh, just one? Yeah. Oh, how about that? <laughs> They said take it for I did you had to take two we had to take two instruments yeah uh, at the same time for a year and then they're like and if you like it you can continue and if you don't you can quit and literally that what year, an option what boom. an option um, <laughs> so I can uh, I can play Old MacDonald on piano okay that's it uh, how old were you when you took the oh piano? boy I was probably. Anywhere for oh boy, I'm gonna say like nine or ten. Okay, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. like eight to ten, nine to ten. Yeah, one year, and we're like, okay, we're done. My brother had to do it too, and even he was like, I'm out. <laughs> uh, piano is hard, it is hard, it's so hard. I started taking it when I was six, mm-hmm. took it until I was 12. Oh my god, hated it the whole time. Yeah, I'm not reading my parents for that because yeah. I appreciate the fact that they. Signed us up for lessons yeah. for different things. Yeah. Because that's what parents should do. Yeah, Expose, see, what, see what sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never liked it. And I remember, you know, we had to practice for an hour a day. Uh, and we would have to do recitals once a year. I never got to the recital stage. Yeah, time. well, you only did it for a year, yeah. right? So you probably quit right before yeah. you had to do one. Yeah. And I still have, like, stress nightmares about recitals. What can you play? Nothing. Seriously? Nothing stuck? I could I could do a C major scale, I think. Like a song, like Heart and Soul, Chopsticks. No, maybe Hot Cross Buns. I could probably <laughs> I could probably I don't know how to play it. If you put me in front of a keyboard right now, I could not play Hot Cross Buns, but I could probably figure it out in a few minutes. Listen, that song's a jam. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would love to hear that. I, no, I didn't like the lessons, and uh, after six years, because my brother also had to take them. Yeah. He finally was being enough of a pain in the ass about not wanting to take them anymore. That even our teacher was like, I can't. He's not going to learn anymore. He's like hit a wall. I can't teach him anymore. So once he got to stop taking it, I was like, I don't want to. I like super now don't want to keep going. So I didn't didn't take them anymore. I never looked back. It's a shame for me. I honestly wish I learned piano. I wish I could just sit down and play something. I really do. I, You know, I do too, but not in the way... Again, I am not... I, I love my parents for mm-hmm. making us take the piano lessons. I don't resent that I took them. Yeah. 
but I just legitimately never enjoyed it. Yes. And I took it for six years. That's a long time. And so I don't have the feeling of like, oh, I wish I stuck with it. Yeah. I just wish I had, I wish I had liked it and I wish I had had talent for it. Yeah, I could see that. But after six years, even at that young age, like, it wasn't going to become a thing. I wasn't going to yeah. become a piano player. Yeah. I didn't have the music in me. I do wish, like, if, like, magically I could start learning an instrument and, like, oh, I've mastered piano, that would be it over, like, guitar or a, a sax or anything. Okay. Piano would be the one. Because it's cool. You want to sit down. Because it's cool. You want to sit down. You can play like, the keyboard. You, I could so see you being, like, a cocktail lounge piano I'd player. I'd be great at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so good at that. Play Satin Doll. Yeah. Oh, man. I would not be. No. <laughs> I would, because I just hate people too much. And some half-drunk <laughs> jackass comes up and wants me to play Surrey with the fringe on top. Yeah. And just be like, no, I've got to shove it up your ass. Like the next, you're like, the next time someone says, play piano, man, I'm flipping this fucking piano. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. That would be Paul. I mean, now all that said, I love piano yeah. as an instrument. But I like it in, yeah. I love it in pop music. I like the sound of a piano. Yes. And I do wish I had had the talent for it. I just never ate it up. When I was taking lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I didn't end up with it. Too. Yeah. I tried a few instruments. I took clarinet for a few years. Oh, wow. It just, I, as much as I love music, I'm not a musician. Yeah. I don't have the talent It, for it. takes a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think six years was good enough to six figure out. Six years is like, plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I do remember at one recital I had to play... Um, uh, what's it, I think it's just called Do Re Mi from yeah. Sound of Music. Uh, yeah, and that was at like my second recital. I think I was like seven. Oh, and uh, and I had I was unfamiliar with the sound of music, so I was like, oh, let me watch this movie, and I was like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do a song from this. <laughs> there are great songs in that movie, but I didn't like the the movie, and that song is not one of the great songs. Yeah, my favorite things is a great song. That is a great song when John Coltrane does it. Sure is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. Let's do it. We're going to cover 70 years worth of music. Oh, that's episode. great. But to, so to start, because we're going to go in chronological order. Yes. We have to go back to 1941. This is the one I peeked at, and I was like, <gasps> my heart went, oh, thank oh, you, Oh, you like the Marx Brothers, oh, do you? Oh, do I? Who I mean, doesn't? It's a lot of dumb people. The Marx Brothers are a treasure. People don't like the Marx Brothers? People like, some people like the Three Stooges more, which makes me angry. I do not like the Three nope. Stooges. I my father loves both, mm-hmm. and he's the one who introduced me to the Marx Brothers. I never locked into the Three Stooges, no, even no, when no. I was a little boy. I yeah. didn't think they were funny. I uh, got introduced to the Marx Brothers from my father. Yeah. I've gotten my kids into the Marx Brothers. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah, who's your favorite? Uh, I like Groucho because he's such a mouth. I mean, Groucho is he's yeah. Groucho. He's yeah. the best. But when I was when I was little, I I did like Chico. Yeah, and Chico. Chico. Sorry. Yes. yes, I know that it's Chico. I'm gonna be a stickler. Yeah. And part of the reason is because I always loved the piano playing. Scene. Yes, yes. Uh, for people who've never watched the Marx Brothers, first of all, shame on you. Yeah. Uh, second of all, Chico, they all played, well, Chico and Harpo played instruments. Uh, uh, Groucho played a little piano and he played guitar. Yeah. Uh, Harpo played harp. Harpo played harp. Masterfully. Yes. yes. And, and Chico played piano. And yes. in most of the movies, they give him a scene to show off his piano yes. playing. And I love watching him play because he has this like he plays comedically yes he flourishes a lot yeah he has this very like five-fingered way of playing where his hands sort of dance all over the keyboard and he does that thing where he shoots the keys i love that 
where he reaches his yes. finger over and goes like pow and yeah. like hits it like with a finger gun. Yes. Which just delighted me when I yeah. was and still delights that. me. So I had to I you know was choosing from between a few different scenes yeah. of piano playing from Marx Brothers movies. And I settled on the big store, which is one of their later movies. Yeah, sort of a, not as well known. No, movie. not as it's not it's not their best. They're a little long in the tooth by yeah. this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they were best in like the twenties and thirties. Yeah. This is nineteen forty one. Yeah, but I like this scene because there's great piano playing, mm-hmm. and it's a duet with Chico and Harpo. Oh, this is good. And the song they play is Mamaya Caro, which is. Um, like a Brazilian song mm-hmm. that now is like a standard, but then was only a few years old. Oh, so I think crazy. it was like it was a recent hit. Yeah, at the here's time. a new hit we're playing. Yeah, so the the plot of the the plot never matters, but it, it's all set yeah. in a department store. It's all store. set in a department store, and yeah. they're wacky hijinks. And so there's a piano set up in the department store, and they sit down to play. Mm-hmm. And now I always start the episode by saying, if you go to musicraygun.com. You can watch the clips that we talk about. And then I always forget to repeat myself. But for this one, if you're listening to the podcast, you're just going to hear the piano. And it sounds fine. But you're not going to get the comedy because it's all physical comedy. You got to watch it. So definitely go to our website. Or if you don't want to do that because it's like advertising for us. (laughs) We don't make any money. You can find it on YouTube. Find the the piano scene from the big store. And watch Harpo and Chico play piano together. Oh, so good. Go on, let me hear you play something. And Harpo's playing the bass part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harpo's face. Yeah. Harpo's also just like Chico's face whenever he plays piano just lights up. He loves it. He loves it. Yeah. He loves it. And yeah, there's that. And I remember, I've read a lot of books on the Marx Brothers. Yeah. And uh, he got that style because, you know, they started in vaudeville. Yeah. And they he, had to do... They had to do entertaining. Right. Yeah, they couldn't just play music. So he would do these flourishes to kind of also get like a visual component to it. Right. But you had to be like a quadruple threat. You had yes. To be a musician, a comedian, yeah. a physical comedy. You had to do it all. And... Uh, yeah, he was great at it. And then <laughs> Harpo reacting to him yeah. is just yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Like you can even tell now, like they're way old. Oh yeah. Yeah, with their wigs on and stuff, but they're still just. They're, they're always the best faces. Yes, yeah. they're so ex- so expression. Yeah, that whole finger thing. Is amazing. Yeah, he's he's just very like his hand so loose. Yeah. I, again, I don't have the musical terminology. I'm no. sure there's a better way to describe yeah. his style. And it's, I'm sure he's not. I mean, he's not like a virtuoso. But he's a comedy piano yeah. player, but he's good. But he's so fast. Yeah. And he's so. His, you can hear everything, but it looks like he's just slapping it. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've been able to appreciate the musical interludes in Mark Brothers movies. Yeah. When you're young, I was like, I'm gonna fast forward. Well, the harp harp's hard. That bored me when I was a yeah. kid, but but Chico's an entertaining player. Yes. I always loved the piano scene. Always entertaining. And then like this sort of comedy where his, his elbows slipping yes. off, and then it becomes the bass, and, and they just, start doing the comedy. Yeah. 
And apparently a lot of this is all from their vaudeville days. Yeah. They would just be like, well, we're just going to put these bits that we did on vaudeville and put them in the film. Very loosely around the skeleton yes. of a plot. Yes. It's, it's sort just of vignettes. Yeah. And then there's actually now there's like a full band playing, yes. but it's non-diegetic and, and it's, it's it doesn't just matter. Random extras watching, going, "Oh, this is amazing!" Yeah, with no reason and not in character at all. It's just they're just enjoying, <laughs> literally, just like, "Oh, here are the Marx Brothers. This is yeah. cool." Yeah. Yay. 80 years later, still hilarious. I just love that we put the Marsh Brothers on. Yeah, I had to put Chico playing some piano in there. That's great. Let's jump way ahead to the 70s. Skip 30 years. Because nothing happened in between those times. No. Nothing. Literally no one played a piano. (laughs) That's a fact. Look it up. Right. In the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, no one touched a piano. And then it came back. It was illegal. Yeah, you weren't allowed. They executed people. They killed people. It was like Mm -hmm. communism. But then, in the early 1970s, Harry Nelson came along. And said, guys, yeah, we can play piano. And he played piano. Did he? One of your favorite artists. One of my... No, I know you don't care for Harry Nelson. I do not care for Harry Nelson. I don't care. Katie Willard. Because you... <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with some of the things that you put in this episode. <laughs> yeah. You can no? deal with Harry Fair Nelson. Enough. Uh, but this song that we're going to hear is having a moment right now. It's called Gotta Get Up. Do you know why this song is having a moment? I do not know why. Uh, because there's a new show on a popular streaming service that I won't name because they're not paying us. Yeah. Called Russian Doll. I Star- love Russian Doll. Oh, oh you've seen the song. it. You've seen it. Okay, so you know the song. Fuck. I like Harry Nilsson now. So I haven't seen the show yet. You like, okay, the Russian Doll made you like Harry yeah, Nilsson. Yeah, I had no idea that was Harry Nilsson. Yes. So here's, here's the setup. I haven't seen the show, but here's what I understand. Uh, the, the the premise is a woman is at a party. It's her 36th birthday party. Yep. She wakes up in a bathroom at this party. Things happen and then she dies. Yes. And then she wakes up in the bathroom again and it's like a Groundhog Day scenario. She keeps yes. reliving the same thing and then dying in different ways and then restarting. Yes. And much like I Got You Babe plays whenever yeah. Bill Murray resets in Groundhog Day, Harry Nelson's got to get up plays whenever yes. she resets that is correct Doll. that is that is a the good broad strokes version of it okay so since the show came out a month ago as we record this mm-hmm. uh this was never like a single or one of his best known songs although it is on his best known album nilson schnilson from 1971 shut up that's not his album title. that is the name of his most popular album uh, yeah. i don't know what to do with this guy enjoy him he's uh, the best I, I well i know i now know i like a harry nelson yeah. song but since the show came out, the song has seen a 3,300% increase in streams on oh Spotify. Oh, God. Which is interesting enough. But I also read that not only has it seen a 3,300% increase in plays, but that on average, people play it at least four times a day. Like, on average, they're playing it multiple wow. times. So people have really, like, locked into this song. Since yes. the show. The show is amazing. Yeah, I, I Natasha Leone is one of my top five, possibly and, and, top three favorite actors. And she's behind all this. She created yes. and produced. 
It's a great show. I thought that song was created for the show. No, it's because it makes so much perfect sense. Yeah, it's so perfect for the song. I can't believe I have to say I like Harry Nilsson. Okay, well, we're gonna watch a clip from he did a BBC special in 1970, 1971, mm-hmm. right around the time that Nilsson Schmilson would have come mm-hmm. out. Although I don't know if this was right before or right after it. And the whole you can watch the whole special on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you should. When, when we did an episode dedicated to Harry Nelson, his music ray gun episode 10, mm-hmm. you weren't here. I recorded it with Katie yep. Willard. We watched the clip from this same special where they did uh, Coconut. You know, put the oh, yeah, yeah. In Coconut. Yep. Uh, so this is from that same special. Okay. But, this is him doing, but it's just him and a piano. Wow. And this is the uh, lead-off track on Nelson Schmilson. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by this. Blown away by this. Yeah. You didn't know it was Nelson? Had no idea. And it's it's a great song in the show. Yeah. And it's a good it's a great song on its own. It is. And it's it's always been one of my favorite Harry Nelson songs. I'm, but it gives me a lot of anxiety and it's my own fault. Is it because of the piano is what he's doing? Kind of. It's because I got into, into Nelson when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And this is the first album I got. Um, and I used this song as my alarm. <laughs> oh my God, Paul. Right? Because I had like a 3D yeah. changer Iowa yeah. mini system. Oh, I know those Iowa systems are great. And I don't think you could program it to play a certain track, but you could program it to start playing a CD yes. as an alarm. Yes. And since this was the lead off track and it's called Gotta Get Up, I was like, oh, I'm going to set I'm this gonna do it and make as it my alarm. But as you know, once you uh, acclimate to an alarm, yep. that sound, you know, like I'm always changing the alarm on my phone mm-hmm. because it starts to give you anxiety. Yeah. So those opening chords, that dun, 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 yep. dun, like woke me up every day for months. Yes. And then so for a while, I like couldn't listen to this. Song. Oh, no. Yeah. You started to resent it. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, it was associated with you having to get up to go and do stuff. Right. It woke me up in the morning. Wow. I, I, I've gotten mostly over that now, but... This is great. Yeah. If you like this song, you like Nilsson. I'm gonna uh, stubbornly refuse right now. Just to be just to be me. Let me ask you a question I don't think I've ever asked you before. Yeah. Did you ever even listen to episode 10? No, I did. Oh, you listened to the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And none of those songs caught you or anything? No, I knew the Coconut song. Mm. Um, but nothing else caught me. But this does, and I'm so glad that you played it. I'm so glad that Russian Doll uh, gave it a, such a huge signal boost. Yeah. And uh, I apologize, Katie Willard. Because now you love Harry Nilsson. I love this song. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could wake up to this song. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this. I mean, he's also a really good piano player. I mean, he's, yeah. not, he's not known for his piano playing, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just kind of yeah, fell off there. A little, little Chico, Mar- Chico Marx there. That was a, a revelation. Yeah. That uh, I love that you keyed into the song watching Russian Doll, but you didn't look up like what it was, so you still no, didn't know. No, because in my head I was like, oh, they just made a song for Russian Doll. That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Oh wow. I still gotta watch the show. Well worth it. Yeah. You you will. I can't tout it enough. 
It's that good. Yeah, I I know that I'm gonna. Like yeah, you're it. gonna. I'll it. watch anything with Natasha. Yeah, you'll burn through it real fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to your first clip of the episode, which Mike. I'm very curious to know why you picked it. <laughs> I picked it because it's piano. Uh, sure. Okay. I picked "Sticks Come Sail Away." Sure, you did. Because this is one uh, of two stick songs that I really, really like. That's what I was curious to know if you actually like it. I really like this song. I consider this to be one of the worst songs of all time. <laughs> I consider it to be one of the dumbest songs of all time. Totally. But I love it. Okay. Uh, I love it without irony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's just a great song how it's all set up. Um my other favorite song is Too Much Time on My Hands. I don't know that song. Everything else. You didn't say Mr. Roboto. No, that's garbage. So it's like <laughs> Grand Illusion, so it's Babe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I Dennis DeYoung just makes me laugh. He's, he's such a goober. He's such a goober. Uh, but the dude is like a major piano virtuoso. I mean, the dude yeah. can really play. Yeah, and I... It, uh, I want to say this so well. Let's just play it. Let's just play it. I mean, do you, in, do you have like any... Like memory of listening to it as a kid or anything because you would have been like maybe nine or ten. Yeah, I would. I was nine or ten when it came out, so I was a little young. But uh, it had this real longevity to it, where it was playing through the eighties, like the early eighties. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I associate this as roller skating music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was this like a slow dance song? No, this was. This was also like like how Freaks and Geeks was. I was gonna say what rehabbed this song for me a little bit yeah. is how it's used in the pilot of Freaks and Which Geeks, which is brilliant. It's really sweet. Yes. the ending scene of that yeah. pilot episode and the way they use it. They use it brilliantly. And I was gonna put that on, but there's so much dialogue in it though. And I, I kind of yeah. got lost watching the scene. I was like, I'm just gonna play this. Yeah, scene. that that kind of made me like it a little while. But then yeah. when I hear it on on its own, I don't. Yes, but it really works yeah. well there. Yeah, and this, then also like it it's sort it's one of those songs where. It, and they use it this way in the yeah. show where it starts as a slow dance. Yes. But then it becomes a rock song and you have to start like fast dancing to it. Yeah. And I do like the second half better where it rocks. Well, the se- See, now here's the why. The non-piano section. The second half is great. It's okay. But you need to get through the first part to make the second part You great. need to get you through it. You can't have yeah. one without the other. Right. You cannot. Mm-hmm. If it just started out with the jam, it would not be as good of a song. I assume they call themselves sticks because it's like a journey to hell to listen <laughs> River to. River sticks, yeah, that's right. I assume that. Yeah, yeah, they they know they know. But it, it starts off with the piano section, and, and just, this is great. It's just old Dennis and his and his keys. So Dennis and his keys, yeah, with everyone else's sticks going. How fucking long is this piano gonna go? Because <laughs> we want to fucking jam Dion, Jesus Christ. But oh, that voice! I love this song. <laughs> it's. So good. <laughs> well, you have some nostalgia built in. Yeah, there's nostalgia built in because it makes me think of ro- this yeah. wasn't couple skate roller skating. This because I think as it kicked in, yeah. this was just generic rolling roller skating around. It was in the rotation. I mean, this if if nothing else in the world, this is a song for people who were in junior high when it came out. Yeah, and I was. <laughs> you would have been a little younger than I that, was, I like guess, in but third grade. So okay. I was aware of it, but then by the time I was like 11, which is like sixth grade, yeah. they were still playing it on classic rock. They were still playing it because they were still huge. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they still playing it all over the place and they're playing it at roller rinks. And so, yeah, this is, this to me is, is classic roller skating music. Yeah. 
It's real. Lyrically, it's late 70s, early 80s, yeah. where you think it's about, like, a captain and a ship. There's three parts yeah. to it that are all dumb. And then eventually, they, the big reveal is, no, it's aliens, man. Yeah. We're getting on a spaceship. This is where it's dumb. Like, you hear it, and you're like, oh, you're a captain on the ocean going yeah. away on a voyage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. You're dying and going to heaven. Right. <laughs> then it's, oh shit, he's dead. And then it's, oh no, there's aliens and they're taking me away from planet Earth. And you're Whoa. like, it's like, shut up. Yeah. Are the spaceships shaped like guitars? <laughs> yeah. Like the are. cover from the Boston album? Oh, it's, that, right. it's that it's that real 70s prog rock, like, we're going to blow your mind. Yeah, you think it's one thing, but it's another. Um, prog ballads. Yeah. But all other sticks I generally don't like, except for... Uh, I like too much time in their hands. Poor Tommy Shaw, the guitar player. I think Tommy Shaw is a good guitar player. But he had the misfortune of being in not one, but two of the worst bands of all time. Well, Dan Yankees was his idea. <laughs> it's his so fault. So fuck him. It's his own damn fault. He, wait. All right. All right. Now yeah. it's okay. I mean, it's not the best song in the <laughs> no, world, but... This, this part actually really gets me going. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but again, Tom, Tommy rocks. It gets me going, yeah. but you need that piano <laughs> intro to get you there. A gathering of angels appeared above my head. He thinks they're angels. Yes. But they're aliens. But they, they but they're aliens who somehow sing yeah. English. Well, because they're more advanced than us. Oh yeah, that's right. They're better, they're better than us. Yeah, they figured out interstellar yeah. travel. I think they probably they, can figure they out can language. Figure out, they can figure out English. Yeah. But, um, and this is also one of those dynamics I love in bands where the lead singer and the main lyricist is like, I know what we need to do to get hits. Yeah. Stop all your fucking rock and roll bullshit. <laughs> Just take anthems. Anthems. Yeah. This part. Yeah. God. It's a starship. Starship, bro. Dude, he was so proud of it. Like, oh yeah, he was so proud of himself when he wrote that. Twist, that. Yeah, that twist was was big. <laughs> that twist was big. He just like looked at himself in the mirror and was like, "Yeah." He went, "DD, yep, you got it, yep." I mean, this was a huge hit. Now, do a little um, uh, digging. I, this was like not a comeback hit, but they had Babe, which was huge. Yeah, and then they had like an album or two apparently where they didn't hit as big, and Dennis was like. Fuck, man. <laughs> I need to hit it big. Yeah. And so they came out with this. Huge. Yeah. And then I think it became like... And this was from Grand Illusion, which was a big album. Right. And then I think what happened was he was like, Guys, I'm going to take you on a journey to Mr. Roboto. <laughs> and they almost have been like, Kilroy was here. And he's yeah. like, Guys, shut up. I know hits. Isn't is Kilroy from? Isn't that a rock opera? Like more than a concept. It was a rock album, opera. It's a rock it's opera, a rock right? Opera. Yeah, yeah. Oof. It's rock. Those words should never be. Again. No, never, never. <laughs> but uh, I will, I will uh, ride or die with "Come Sail Away." I, I will. I pref- I'd rather listen to "Come Sail Away" ten times than listen to Mister Roboto once. I'll give it that. Oh, hundred percent. And it does. I mean, you know, the guitar solo rules at the end. 
The piano is beautiful. <laughs> the piano is beautiful. The piano and is you so need cheesy. that. It sets it's the like, table. It's like that rock, like that rock classical sound. I think it's <laughs> like I'm. I don't. Again, we're just talking out of our asses when we come to musical theory. But is it like a? I think it's like a minuet or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's a it classical like thing. Like that. It's like a minuet, yeah. and he's setting the table for the jam to come. <laughs> yeah. And you need to set that table, and what better way to set it than piano? Yeah, you need to set the table for a shreddy guitar riff <laughs> with a classically pop piano. Yeah, okay, but it works. I will uh, look. I like this song ironically. I you know, like yeah. it unironically. I like it unironically. I will go so far as to say I do enjoy it. Yeah, ironically, and if it comes on the radio, I might not even turn it off. And I do. It does make me think of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, which is very, nice. And it's very sweet. Yes. Um, so I was over speaking a little when I say is is one of the worst songs but, ever. Yeah. But but Sticks really is the epitome of the kind of music that I don't. Like. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it's not them as a, a concept of a band is you, you gotta go, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's definitely a good choice for a piano yeah. episode because we needed some like anthemy prog rock. <laughs> we needed an anthemy piano song. Right, right, yeah. right. And we weren't going to play piano man. Yeah, no, that's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's go back to something with a little more musical integrity. Mm. <laughs> so, oh. Oscar Peterson, one of the I great like jazz Oscar Peterson very much. And Dick Cavett, the best talk show host of all time. Yes. Inarguably. I would not argue that for a second. Yeah. I wish we had like a Dick Cavett. Just a guy who knows his shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still with us, but he hasn't done a show. He doesn't do a show anymore, yeah. But this is a clip from his show in 1979, and it's him talking to Oscar Peterson about piano technique, basically. Do you remember way back in our Billy Joel episode, it was our fourth episode, Mm -hmm. I think, there was a clip of him being interviewed in like the late 70s. Yeah. And And he's sort of describing and demonstrating different... Uh, rock piano player styles like Elton John plays like this. Yes. And he plays, he's, he's more percussive. Yes. And he goes and he plays like Elton. And then he's like, he's like, Neil Young isn't a piano player at all, but I heard he composes on piano, but that gives his songs that simplistic style because he doesn't actually play piano. And then he plays mm-hmm. like Neil, like a Neil Young sound yeah. thing. Well, this whole interview is. Oscar Peterson describing and demonstrating the way different jazz pianists. Oh, play. I love this. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be good. So, so, oh. so it's Dick Cavett being like, you know, uh, how does such and such play? How does Nat King Cole play? Over and of course, here? he's like, oh, I like this. Yeah, and, and but he'll also he's he very specifically and musically describes their style and then plays it. Oh, this is gonna be so. Great. It's awesome. This is gonna be great. Well, I thank you and His Grace the Duke. Thank you and. Oscar, let's hurry because I've got some notes here for my He also just seems like the most lovable guy. Yeah, he seems like he's happy to be anywhere. You don't have these interviews like this anymore. Nope. Like, it's like Jimmy Fallon's not doing this. No, I mean, as much as I love Stephen Colbert, there's not like a seven minute deep dive into music. It's the right. music person comes out sings, like, that was great. Colbert's probably as close as we have to Cavett now, where he's at least intelligent and thoughtful. Yeah, exactly. Whereas on the Tonight Show, you're going to get like, so you play piano, right? Oh, that's awesome. What's that? That's like? so awesome. Piano's cool. Yeah, I love the piano. <laughs> All right, let's throw it to the roots and then we're going to play a game. <laughs> yeah. And then he like dumps a bucket of slime yeah. on Oscar yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I wasn't around for the Dick Cavett show, but just to like deep dive into a musician's mind is. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead, because uh, I might pick buttons and bows, or who knows. Um, 
and, and you can show us some of this, what I think are called stylistic trademarks of other, other pianists. Now, what do we mean by the phrase the stride piano of Art Tatum? The stride piano of, of Tatum or people of that era is, yeah. the, is the ability to play the background for yourself and make it work like the rhythm section. Wow. That's it, just the left-handed part. Yeah, and section. his hand covers like half the piano. Yeah, the that helps. Yeah. Yeah. You're punctuating the chord and play. Oh, Jesus. Because the drummer is playing, the bass player is playing. So this being off. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the right hand is really the instrument, and the left hand is putting the rhythm section out of work. That's right. Yeah. See, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what else did I put down here? Oh, yeah, here's something I wrote um, uh, in note of. It's talking about influences on you, and it, quote, the two-fingered percussiveness of Nat Cole. Oh. Could you show the two-fingered oh, well, percussiveness? Yeah, Nat do this sort of thing. TPC. I mean, yeah. it's crazy, because again, it's a thing we talk about all the time, it's like, he's, he's not even, it's just like so automatic. Oh, yeah. Because just, just the, you know, 10,000 hours of work that he put in, and, and getting the reps in. It's just amazing. I love when, like, Pianists can talk and play at the same time. Yeah. How is that a thing? Yeah, there's that's sort of what I was talking about when I was describing piano lessons. Like, I wasn't, you know, I practiced enough. I could learn a piece and play it well. Yeah. But it never felt natural. Yeah. It just kind of gets to the point where, like, okay, I've practiced this enough that I can play this song. Yeah. But my brain doesn't, like... You know, some people can just sit behind an instrument and it makes sense to them. Yeah. And they can just, not that they don't practice or that they don't have to learn it, but it just, you know, I even at a young age, you know, you're never going to get to this point where it's just like, I'm yeah. just comfortable with the keyboard yes, exactly. and I have mastery of yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. The comfortability. Yeah. And not only, and, and then a guy like this has mastery not only of his own style, but he's like, I can play like anybody. Yes, I can play like anybody. And look at you while it's happening and talk. And tell you what I'm doing and why. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Rather than being an insipid phrase like... Uh, it's... And he used mostly the front end of his hand. And emphatic. Because that, 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 it was articulated like you do in speech. Then on the music running all the <laughs> But he's also like... Uh, it's explaining it in such sense. a great way that I'm like, oh, thank you. I thank you, teacher. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He's not getting too ethereal or too technical. Yeah, or pretentious. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like, no, it sounds like this he uses his front fingers. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Fuck. This was the lyric octave work of Earl Garner. Oh, they're talking about the full chords like this. Where Earl used a handful of chords to play melody. If he was going to play uh, getting sentimental, he might play it like this. Again, go to musicraven.com and watch the video because it, yeah. when you see his hands, yeah, it's like it's amazing. And it's like, and literally, his hands are different every time. Yeah, to suit uh, the style. <laughs> what was it um, uh, run by a middle-aged man with white hair? No. Oh, okay. Uh, what about the relaxed block chords? Or would that be a typo for black chords? No, I guess not in George Shearing's case. <laughs> I love George Shearing. George Shearing used this kind oh, of thing. I don't know that either. It, I love how, like, Cavett will say what he wants to hear, and you're like, what you, relaxed block chords? Yeah. What could that possibly what mean? What do you mean? And then as soon as you see 
uh, Oscar Peterson's hands playing it yeah. and you're hearing it, you go, oh yeah, that's exactly how yeah. you would describe that. A relaxed block chord. Yes. It's also great too because he's, you get exactly, you, initially you go, oh, piano's piano. You're just yeah. playing piano. You're like, no, you, the styles are so distinct and different that right. it's fascinating yeah. to see them in a row. of a saxophone instead of playing. I would love to know how much they planned this. Like, he's like, obviously, he's like, I'm going to give you some names. Did he give the names ahead of time? Or he's like, I'm just going to give you some names as we go. Either way, it's impressive. I like to think he knew he could just toss any name at That's Oscar Peterson. I love that, too. And he'd yeah. be like, yeah, I know how you play. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, yeah. You know, it just occurred to me that uh, I read so that you could Giving up singing because he sounded a little too much this like a well-known singer. Don't say who he is. Let's see. Could you do a little bit of a blossom tail and see if anybody <laughs> can tell what you sound like? <laughs> I reject it. Or uh, what's that? Like? Give me a kiss to build a dream on. Do you, you sound like him? Well, it's debatable. You won't do it. I don't want to embarrass. So, did you catch what they're I, talking I, about? I couldn't tell who he's talking about. Dick Cavett saying that Oscar Peterson sort of quit singing because everyone said he sounded just like someone else. Yeah, but he'd say. But they're say not who. saying who it is, yeah. and he's asking them, "Will you sing a little bit for us, just to demonstrate?" And the great part is, they never say who they're talking That's about. That's killing me. So I want to see if you can figure because to me. He does sound exactly like someone that I knew immediately who they're talking about. So I want to see. He's okay. going to sing a little bit. I want to see if okay. you can clock Ooh, who he sounds scary. like. And I haven't confirmed it because they don't say. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I know. I sing occasionally when I feel. You didn't feel up to. Could you sing just a bit and see if you sound like anybody? I'll be the What a day. This has been. What a rare mood I'm in. Well, it's almost like. If you say Donna Summers, you can do <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nat King Cole? Yeah, he sounds yeah. just like Nat Cole. That's, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've never heard it. Look, I'm not a deep into jazz guy. I, I'm sure it might be a common thing that people say, yeah, Oscar Peterson sounds like Nat Cole. I have no but idea. But I've never heard that before, but I, that's the only person it sounds like to me. And yeah, you, you said that's the literally thing. the first thing that came to my head. Yeah. Not Donna Summers. <laughs> not Donna Summers. It'd be great if it was. Oh, damn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> let's, let's not explain it. What are double-handed, or, or is it double-octave bass lines? Oh, I think there was, well, actually, between double-octave uh, melody lines, Maybe. rather than bass lines. Maybe. Because if you play um, a linear invention, if you play um, as a game on uh, Sweet Georgia, if you invent something... Jesus. As an alternative line, yeah. And you can play the same thing with. Yeah, just make it up. Yeah. There's so much involved with the piano. It's insane. Yeah. So much. Is that the identical thing with two hands. The other reason I'm glad my parents got me started so young is because that's what needs to happen yeah. if you're really ever going to develop into oh, yeah. a yeah. virtuoso. Like You have to learn it when your brain is plastic enough that it can take it all in. Yeah, to start with piano. Like I feel like you can pick up a guitar at 19 or 20. You can't really pick up the piano at 19 or 20. It's so much harder. Now, I'm je- the people I'm always jealous of are I have a couple friends who never took a music lesson in their life, but can hear a song and then play it on the piano. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. 
Like, because, like I said, like, some people just get behind an instrument and the instrument makes sense to their brain yeah. and they're like, yeah, I know how to play this. Yeah. And they'll hear music and they can recreate it. And, like, I never had a wisp of that. No. I had to have sheet music and be taught it and practice the piece for weeks and yeah. weeks. And then I could get that piece down. Yeah. But and I that's, could never, that's, that's the best you could get. Right. But yeah. I could not like improvise on it or yeah. or be creative as a as a player. Yeah. I that, never got to that point. That was like what Prince was because he started on piano because yeah. his dad. And then one day someone's like, here's a guitar. He's like, oh, I've mastered this. Right. I already know this. You might hear a more involved harmonic like... You're just moving the arms Yeah, you just, you know, you just play the piano. Yeah, that's all. Just do it. That's all. Two ten-second questions. How good a trumpet player was Louis Armstrong? Fantastic. Dick Cavett is maybe the greatest interview of all time. But what a dumb question. Yeah. Like, what's he going to say? Meh. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, one jazz guy. How was uh, Louis Armstrong at playing the trumpet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, B plus. You know, he's, yeah. Yeah, on the, on the good days, B plus. I don't know why day. he asked that yeah. question. And the other one is, how long has wigs been a verb transitive, as in cigarette holder, that wigs me? That's a way more dick cavity question. Yeah, that is such a dick. That's so cavity. Genuine thrill to have you here. And if you would play us off, it would be wonderful. Just a little cocktail piano. Ah, that's so cool. I'm going to dive deep at occupation tomorrow at work. Yeah. It's well deserved. Can't hurt. Yeah. Oscar Peterson, who Duke Ellington called the Maharaja of the keyboard. Wow. And uh, Count Basie said he was his favorite piano player. That's amazing. And uh, Andre Previn, who just died, also oh, yeah. said he was the best jazz pianist. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, high honors. Yeah. And high praise. Yeah. It's a great Dick Cavett clip. Yeah. Dick Cavett interviewing any musician I will watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing us out. Mm-hmm. And laughing and talking at the same time. Again. Yeah. Jesus. You don't get this on uh, talk shows anymore. No. It's a lost art. Yeah. Uh, all right. Up next. Oh, yeah. As opposed to uh, Sticks and Come Sail Away, this is an artist I love and one of my favorite songs. Oh, yay! Yes. This is Joe Jackson stepping out. Yes. This is the first Joe Jackson song I ever heard as a kid. Well, this is probably his biggest it's hit. It's his biggest U.S. hit. Okay, yeah. Um, and this is, because you know he had, uh, Is She Really Going Out With Him before right. that? Yes. And a couple others. Uh, it's Easy For Girls, I think is that the song? It was before. But this was the big one that came out. Yeah. Um, I think 81. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. What's the name of the album? Night and Day? Night and Day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just classic Joe Jackson doing Step Out. And this was still like early days of MTV videos. So it's really just like... You could look like Joe Jackson and be on MTV. Yes, exactly. Still really... <laughs> if you were really too talented. To point on it. Yeah, exactly. Before MTV put guys like him and Christopher Cross out of business a little bit. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Joe Jackson's still around and still... Records a ton beloved of Beloved and I he, love Joe Jackson. He didn't do that many, many uh, more videos or... It feels like stepping out... Broke him big, and he's yeah. like, I'm kind of good now. Yeah. Um, and he's one of those guys like a uh, 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 
uh, I'm blanking on the name, but like he still tours around and people will go see. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's got like a cult, huge cult yeah. fan. I mean, his catalog is huge. Marshall Crenshaw was the name I was searching for when we okay. talked about Marshall Crenshaw. Yeah. He's a guy who's just like a musician's musician and, yeah. and still just tour all year and and people. Will I think that's him. like Jerry Jackson too. Do you have any particular memories of uh, of Joe Jackson from when you were a kid? No, this was just big. This was yeah. just big uh, when it came out. It was a huge hit and it was played all the time. Yeah, it's and, really cool. Yeah, and it was just the first time I'd ever heard it. It was also, you know, in the 80s, it was all, obviously, it was a lot of synth. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really hear that much piano except for Billy Joel in the 80s and Elton John. Well, the interesting thing about this track for me is, when we, I've talked about in the past Graham Maybe, who is yeah. uh, Joe Jackson's bass player, who mm-hmm. I think is one of the greatest yes. bass players. And he's just been playing with Joe Jackson his whole career. But this song, the bass line is that synthy. Yes. And there's no actual bass playing on there. But Graham maybe plays the glockenspiel on this track, which oh. is, which is I think, a key part to yes. its hookiness. Yes. And we just had a song on our last episode, The That's War right. on Drugs, had a key glockenspiel sound. Glockenspiel might be the secret to good music. It's like, a, it's like hand claps. Like, you don't really notice it, but yeah. it always adds, yeah. like, it's just, it's great it's, seasoning. Uh, it's cilantro. Yes. You know, you don't miss cilantro, but once you're like, great, cilantro's there. Is that piano? Yes. And I think I read something where Joe Jackson, except from the Glockenspiel, did all the uh, music, did all the instruments. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he played the Glockenspiel, but Graham maybe played it live. Yeah, maybe that was it. This is good driving rainy day music. Yeah, well, it's got a really uh, propulsive beat yes. to it. But it's muted, too, so yeah. it's the, like... Rainy day, driving around. I uh, I have a random uh, when we moved places like two years ago. My daughter found just some random eighty CD that had gotten lost on the shelf. Yeah, and we have it in the car and play it all the time, almost too much. Yeah, and uh, stepping out just happens to be on it. Yeah, and the kids love it. I mean, who couldn't like yeah. this song? It's so good. But it's, it's an unusual hit because there's nothing obviously catchy about it. It just, I don't know, it's weirdly, you could dance to it, but there's also a melancholy yeah, to it. there's a melancholy to it, which I like a lot. Which I think is that glockenspiel. Yeah, I think so too. And it's it's an upbeat song, and but the hook is not that hooky. Yeah. You know, you just like the whole song. You don't really, it's, you don't really think of it as a hook. It's like a good... It's like an end of the night after the party when oh, you're yeah. driving home. Yeah. But you're yeah. still in a good mood. Yeah. And, yeah. And you see your name on the Goodyear blimp. And you, <laughs> that and happens? You hit up the fat burger. Yeah. Two in the morning. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. I just linked Joe Jackson to Ice Cube. This is Music Ring on you fucking deal do that. With it. <laughs> it fits 100%. Yeah. yeah there's no like. Like obvious big hook no. to it, but the whole thing is just—it just fits. Yeah, it just works, and it's—it's it's inherently '80s, but doesn't sound dated. It doesn't sound like anything else, really. Yeah, it's a Joe Jackson song. Um, and I know that he had. What was he? I think it was after this. He had that one jazz album, Jump and Jive. Yeah, my parents like Joe Jackson, and, and so I remember good. that album actually more than anything else by him. Oh yeah, that album was him just—it was him doing standards, but it was so good. And yeah. I think it was after this. I think it was in the '90s. 
Was it? No. Well, that's what I remember I hearing. I think it was it. the mid to late 80s. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I discovered Look Sharp, his first album, later when I was in college. But before yeah. then, all I knew of Joe Jackson was Jump and Jive, because that's what my that's parents liked. So funny. Yeah, for me, I didn't know Look Sharp. I just knew Stepping Out yeah. from that day. Well, Look Sharp has uh, Issue Really Going Out. Which is a great tune. And the title track, which also was used in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, in the yeah. scene where Sam gets locked out of the gym locker with no clothes. Yes. I think that's the scene where he's got... Yep. Yep, that is exactly No, 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 no. No, that's right, right? No. It's the scene where he gets the um, the leisure suit, I think. And, and he's got, like, the one-piece, like, jumpsuit, and he thinks he looks oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. And he goes to school, and everyone starts laughing, he immediately realizes he looks like an asshole. God, what was the song for the... The scene thing? where he gets locked out, I don't remember. Oh, shit, that's going to kill we'll me. We'll have now. to put that on the next mini-episode yes, as a clarification. Uh, yeah, I love Joe Jackson. Yeah, Joe's got good stuff. Uh, okay, let's watch a movie. Let's. Big hit movie. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite movies. Do you like yep. this movie? Love this movie. Never saw it when it came out because it was... You would have been like 14. You yeah, wouldn't know I was like, I'm not seeing a fucking Amadeus. Amadeus. Movie. Yeah, because you're thinking it was, it's going to be like a yeah. boring period drama. If I had to bet, I think I probably saw it. You know what? I saw it like early college. We were like on video. Yeah. Where we like get at someone's dorm watch. You're like, yeah. We're acting theater majors, and Amadeus is good. It's also really weird and hilarious. It's way funny. Yeah. It's way funny. There's a lot of uh, classic movies that I fell in love with because they seem like homework assignments to watch, and then when you watch them, you're like, oh yeah, no wonder this is a classic. It's great yeah. and funny. Singing in the Rain, which is my favorite movie, is yeah. an example of that. Casablanca. It's oh, not yeah. a comedy, but there's so many hilarious yeah. lines in it. And uh, Amadeus is hilarious. Amadeus, yeah, because you think you're like, I don't want to, do I want to watch a thing about? Yeah, but it's so quirky, and it's he's such so an odd weird. character. Yeah, which is the point. The point is Mozart was a weirdo, <laughs> and here's a biopic that shows you like what a weird genius he is. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna watch one of the most famous scenes, mm-hmm. which is uh, the plot for anyone who hasn't seen it, or the this, the premise of the plot is the main character, other than Mozart, is Salieri. Yes. Who was an actual composer who was a contemporary of Mozart. And the movie posits that they were intense rivals, a one-sided rival. One-sided Where Salieri like hated Mozart because Salieri worked so hard to be good. And Mozart was this, you know, kid who didn't have to try. Just just this savant who just could just do it all. Yeah. And so this scene is sort of where Salieri first realizes that, where mm-hmm. Mozart is coming to visit the emperor, and Salieri's like the official court composer, and Salieri composes like just a little entrance march, yeah. march to mm-hmm. welcome Mozart yeah. to the court. Yes. And then some stuff happens. <laughs> I haven't seen this in a while, so this is going to be exciting. Yeah, this is great. So it starts, and uh, Jeffrey Jones plays the emperor. Oh yeah, Jeffrey yeah, Jones. Jones. Charming idea, court composer. May I see? Just a, just a trifle, of course. <laughs> May I try it? Majesty. He's also, he's the emperor's piano teacher. Yes. And so this part where the emperor is like, oh, let me sit down and try to sight read it and yeah. play it myself. 
gives me like a twinge of anxiety because this is exactly what a piano lesson is like. Yes. When you're learning and you're not really good and you're like stumbling you're through like, a thing. Like, bop, loop, bop. And your teacher's like, no, like this. And okay, yeah. don't forget it. And yeah. you're just like herky jerky through it. Can you read music now? Like, would you in general, like a little bit, even like, oh, that's, that's this, that's that? Like to identify notes? Yes. Maybe. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> Long thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this day. for an hour a day. Slowly. Slowly. Like the emperor is not incompetent. It's a piece of music no one's ever seen no. before, and he's sight reading it's, it. But it's, it's hard. It's yeah. Just the the cocky brash. Let me try. Let me, let me, yeah. let me play. Well, he's the emperor. Yeah. He do what he wants. Tom Hulse in this movie. I love Tom Hulse. He's the best. He's so good. <laughs> This is exactly what a piano lesson is like when you're a kid. Yeah. Like C, C, C. There it is. There it is. And you can see the mix of frustration and, and teacherly yeah. patience. Teacherly on... patience going, okay, I'm not going to go off because you're fucking up my song. Because yeah. <laughs> you're the emperor, but yeah. you're, you're getting there. It makes me nervous. Yeah. Like, hovering over him. It's just stress dreams. Yeah. Here, um, here comes this weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Mozart. Who's like, what, 19 or 20 maybe? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Boy, yeah. The character's supposed to be. Uh, Tom Hulse should have done more movies. Yeah. So I think he got sick of it and just did, didn't uh, want to do just it. Just stage. Yeah. You know who played this role on the stage before they made a movie? No. Uh, Mark Hamill. Oh, I vaguely remember that. But the uh, was it Milos Forman who directed? Yes, Milos Forman wouldn't cast him because he's like people are just going to see Luke Skywalker. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it sucks because you're like, oh, Mark Hamill. He's like, I can. But do he it. thought I he was it. like, he did it, and he was like, this is going to be my chance to break out of yeah. it. Yeah, and they're like, you're fucking Luke Skywalker. He could have done it, but Tom Hulse is great. Tom Hulse is great. Yeah. And then he's got it pretty oh, quickly. He's yeah. kind of figured it out. Yeah. I mean, again, he's reading, he's doing a cold. <laughs> so nuts. And he gives him the sheet music. So he's like, uh, what? <laughs> huh? He heard it in the other room. Yes. He didn't, he, watch him, he didn't he was, watch him play it. No, and he was fucking around, too. Yeah. And now... <laughs> so he's like, mother? Yeah. 
<laughs> He's got to just smile and take it. Ah, I forgot about that. Oh, F. Murray Abrahamson. But the, the great part about that line and the whole rest of the scene is like, he's not being shady. Yeah. He's just genuinely, he's so guileless. Yeah. He's, he's just kind of figuring it out and, yeah, he's, and he's playing it and he's not trying to make Salieri feel like a piece of shit. No. He just has no social awareness. No, it's also more like confirming, like they're friends. Like, right, yeah. this is, I'm doing it right because it's just the same thing, right? right. Not not shittiness at all. That's like, what yeah, you it, wrote it. This, the rest yeah. is the same thing. It's repeat, right? Which makes it worse than being shit. Right. Yeah. Because he's not trying to make him feel exactly. Bad. And then <laughs> same thing. He's not. Like he feels like he's collaborating. Yeah. Like we're pals. Or this. Yeah, that's what's great. It's like, we're just two friends kind of like hashing it out. Yeah, but he's humiliating yes. this guy. And Salieri's, Salieri's dying inside. Yeah. Because it was just a trifle. It was this dumb sort of ding, dong, yeah. ding, dong, yeah. ding. And he's made it better. Yeah. <laughs> he's just having fun. And he's just fucking around. But like the scene before this, they show Salieri like sweating over it, yeah, and, ready, and then this down, asshole yeah. comes in. He's like, "Hey, don't you think this is better?" Yeah. And the smile, like, "Buddy, we 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 solved it." Yeah. Look. <laughs> Just a <laughs> man death stare. Yeah. And then this laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. Now, uh, here's something interesting about this that any classical music fan would have clocked when they saw this movie. Mm. I've seen this movie, you know, between five and ten times Mm. in my life. And I never knew this until I was doing research for this episode. That piece of music, do you know what that is? No. It is not something that the real Salieri wrote. Oh. That's the version that... Mozart ends up playing at the end of the scene. That's an aria from The Marriage of Figaro. Really? Yeah, so the movie's implying that Mozart... This is a whole a total fiction. Yeah, yeah. But they're implying that this happened, that Salieri wrote this... Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Oh, and, and then it ended up... up in be, Marriage be, of Figaro. Yes, that the embellishments that Mozart put into it in this scene, he ended up using oh. in The Marriage of Figaro. Because that's, that's like one of the famous arias from that's Figaro. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, ne- I never had that. I never would have known Like that. I said, it must have been so delightful for Mozart fans watching this movie in 1984. Yeah. Here, you know, the emperor start to figure it out and be like, I know this. What is this? Yeah, what and then you realize this? like, oh shit. Like yeah. when, when Mozart starts playing it. And you're like, oh, they didn't. Yes, yeah. they did. He stole it from it. Oh. <laughs> Which is not true at all. No, but it's still, yeah. it makes it for a great story. I also read that Tom Holtz, like, didn't play the piano before this, but he said he practiced like five hours a day for months just to, so uh, he could make his playing look natural when just he played. To match it, yeah, wow, that's a lot because he's a fucking pro. Yeah, and we're and, not. Uh, yeah, this movie is so much fun. Yeah, it's a great movie, and it does feel like period pieces always feel like they're going to be boring homework, but this is not. At this all. is such a fun movie. Yeah. And one time I was hanging out with this girl sort of on a date. Mm. And we were doing that thing where we were flipping through Netflix like what are we going to watch and then you waste more time yeah. trying to figure out what we're going. I was like, "Have you ever seen Amadeus?" She was like, "No, what is it?" And I was like, 
it's a it's a movie about Mozart. I know that sounds boring, but trust yeah. me, this movie, and like we started watching it and we got ten minutes into it and it's people in powder wigs and she's like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. And I was like, we, we're never seeing each other. <laughs> this again. is this relationship is this just yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah uh, okay. Uh, Please explain the next clip because I oh, don't know this artist. Joe Sample. Joe, Joe Sample. Joe Sample is a uh, well-known jazz fusion pianist, mm-hmm. uh, later moving into the smooth jazz era. But he is one of the founding members of uh, the Crusaders. You know, the Jazz Crusaders, the Crusaders. Not. This seems like it's a real... Uh, in Kirk's wheelhouse, but not in this place. song is is way in my wheelhouse. You'll yeah. hear this and be like, "Oh Jesus, uh, this is way Kirk," because it's 1989. Joe mm-hmm. Sample. Mm-hmm. So Joe Sample started out uh, in this group called the Jazz Crusaders. From like, they started out as a jazz group, and then you know, in the 70s, as like jazz fusion became a thing. Yeah, they dropped the jazz and became the Crusaders. Mm-hmm. And he was with them until like they stopped like recording and touring in like two till 2001 mm-hmm. so he had this uh that was like one of his jobs as being one of the founding members and the pianist for um the uh crusaders but then he's this well-regarded sideman and like did uh piano for with miles davis he did piano with oh, okay. um uh, Joni mitchell oh. he did stuff with uh al Jarreau and uh the vocalist michael frank I don't know Michael Frank, so, but everyone else you named, I know. He's He's got this long, illustrious career of being like the piano man's piano man in the 70s and 80s. Uh, kind oh, of like the go-to side man. And then he has a bunch of uh, solo albums as well. And in 1989, you know, the height of smooth jazz, he had this album called... Was that the height of smooth jazz? For me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the height... We'll talk about it on a future episode. Oh, okay. But then it starts to dip in the 90s All real right. fast. Um, but uh, this is Joe Sample doing the song U-Turn featuring Take Six. Do you know who Take Six is? It's, it's ringing a bell, and I think maybe... Have you talked about Take I've Six on this show six. before? Yes. In what context? What do they do? Uh, they're a acapella gospel group. Oh, okay. Uh, did we watch man. a video of theirs? On an no, episode? I think I talked about them with Al Jarreau because they tour with Al Jarreau oh, okay. a lot. Um, so so Joe Samuel doesn't sing on this take six. No, Joe, Joe Samuel never sang. He just does piano. Oh yeah, yeah. Waker feels like this song crawled straight out of your brain. <laughs> That's right. So, um, oh, I like that. Uh, take six a year before in like '88 or maybe very early '89 had come up with their first album. Yeah, and it was this all acapella gospel album that actually crossed over under the. RB charts. Okay. And it, and they were like, they blew up huge. What was the big song? Uh, they had Goldmine. They had, um, they had um, yeah, Goldmine. Goldmine was the big song off of that. And then um, they uh, toured with Al Jarreau. They kind of became this really big phenomenon. They came out of college uh, as the, this gospel group. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Sample was like, hey, why don't you just sing on one of my songs? Yeah. On, uh, um, on my album Spellbound, which I listened to this afternoon at work to get ready for it. The whole album <laughs> isn't like this. Yeah. Is Joe Sample still with us? No, he died in 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is Take Six still together? I think they're still together, but there might be different members. Ah. And they're all like my age now. Um, so when this came out, this was kind of like, a, oh my God, Joe Sample, who's this jazz 
fusion stalwart who's been yeah. around forever, and he's you know fairly he's been around for like twenty five years when this came out. He got you he got the take six to do a song. Yeah. And cause not so it's just like game recognizing game. Like, hey, yeah. you you new kids are good. You new kids are good. Yeah. I don't really do songs with lyrics on it, but uh, I'm gonna compose one, and yeah. you're gonna do it. So it's most of the rest of the album instrumental. It's not like every song has a different pop vocal guest on it or something. This one, this one had Al Jarreau, uh Somehow our love survives, which is real Al Jarreau-y. <laughs> and then he had Michael Frank again. Uh, love comes leading me back to you. I think is the song. But this is my favorite song off the album. Partly because of uh, Take Six and Burgers and Joe Sample. Mm. And this is just one of those, this was an album that my dad had on tape. <laughs> and it was one of those that I played, and I was like, well, I'm taking this to college now. <laughs> and I would play I stole a few cassettes from my yeah. old band, too. Yeah. yeah, this was one of them. But, um, I mean, just something he has a ton about, not just with his side projects. Uh, I think he might even played a little bit with Bob James. Whoa. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, he was just one of those go-to sidemen yeah. and played with the Crusaders forever. You might like a lot of the Jazz Crusaders because it's before it got real smooth jazzy and it's kind of that jazz funk fusion, like weather reporty. Yes, or, yeah, very much weather reporty. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the weather report was a uh, they were influenced by the Crusaders. Return to Forever. That type yeah, of thing. yeah, exactly. And then you see he's got the synth and the piano, uh, which I always appreciate. But this is like... But they're not showing you the synth in the music video. Mm-hmm. It's just... Straight up piano. And, uh, yeah, real, real 89. This is like, yeah, hard mainlining 1989 jazz uh, army. If you hadn't told me, I would have guessed this was the 90s. Yeah. Early to mid, but... Yeah, I don't maybe because of the, the actual singing... Yeah, um, and, and uh, yeah. yeah. This was the first song. Once I was like, we're doing piano, I was like, oh, well, this will be my first song. I'm also just not as steeped in this style of music yeah. to where I can place a year as well as I yeah. can in other genres. You yeah. know? Like, ooh, this definitely sounds it's like probably 1988. Also, or... in, this, in this style of music, it can be sometimes hard to place a year because it all sounds not similar, but it's it's got the same vibe. Yeah, yeah. That, that Kirk vibe. The Kirk vibe. That's how I think of it now, honestly. Like, yeah. I'll hear music like this. I'll be like, oh, this is Kirk music. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, if only everyone could be like that. <laughs> uh, I'm very surprised to see this next artist among your picks. This, yeah, speaking of not Kirk music, yeah. uh, this is Ben Folds 5, One Angry yeah. Dwarf, and 200 Solemn Faces. I don't know this song. I don't like Ben Folds 5. I like... This is a, this is exactly like G Love and Special Sauce. I bought one Ben Folds five. The first album. album with Brick on it. Yes, which yeah. is uh forever uh, something forever and ever amen. I think that's what it's called. Something like that. My older brother was into Ben Folds. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I can't like it. Like it's not that I don't like it, it's I can't like it. I understand. It. Uh but he I think he had this album. Yes. But I only remember Brick, because that was I mean that, that song was, was everywhere song. at the time. Yes. And when I was in uh, was it 95, 96? 97. Been, oh, okay. So I was in high school at yeah. that point. Freshman yeah. in high school. I, I had just moved to LA and Brick had come out. Uh, the Battle of Who Could Care Less was another big song off this. Yeah. And it was one of those, I'm buying this album. And I bought it and I loved every song. They had another song called Cigarette. Loved every song. It was like, same with G-Love. I was like, I'm done. 
I've, I've got all the Venfold Fives. I, I know he's done a ton of stuff. I know he a lot of people love him. We have a former coworker that loves him so much has like reached out on social media. Oh, say your first name. Who was Chad. Oh, Chad. Okay. Yeah, that makes pictures, sense to me. That makes pictures sense to of me. Ben Folds with Chad. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's one song of his that I love. It's from uh, his 2001 album, Rock in the Suburbs. The song is called Zack and Sarah. I forgot about Rock in the Suburbs. That's a great song. That's The, the title song I don't know as well, but I the song, song from that album, Zack and Sarah, I listened to in college a lot. And again, I don't even remember where I heard it or why I got into it, but that song I liked. Yes. Um, but he's sort of, I mean, is he the closest thing my generation has to a Billy Joel? Like a pop piano player? I would say so, but Ben Folds... He's not like Billy no, Joel. No, because he takes himself much less seriously. He's got a sense of humor. I, I just mean strictly in terms of a rock pianist. Yes. Yes. I would agree. And when you when you hear this, he rocks the fuck out of the song. He beats he, the shit out of the piano. Yeah, he is a good piano. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he plays it so hard and fast in the song. And he, I like... I like him. Like when you see him interviewed, yeah. I like him as yeah, he's a person a, he's more a than cool I like his music. Guy. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, and the sentiment behind the song is great, which you'll hear. One angry dwarf and 200 solemn faces. It's essentially him going, uh, I'm fucking famous. All you people who doubted me and gave me shit, fuck you. <laughs> and he's saying it tongue in cheek, but he also yeah. kind of means it. Yeah. But yeah, he bangs the shit out of the, the piano on this. Because he's kind of nerdy, yes. and playing piano is not cool. And that's literally what the song is about. Yeah. I mean, this is better than Brick. <laughs> I like Billy Brick. Now he's really hooked. Now I'm big and important. <laughs> and I'm one, angry, I'm one angry dwarf and 200 solemn faces. Yeah. I mean, all the people that's looking at him like, I can't believe you made it. <laughs> it's a great little, like, revenge song. It's still a little tongue-in-cheek. It's also a big... It's big words considering this is a song on your debut album. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, right? yeah, okay, you got the record deal, but it's not a hit yet. Yeah. Uh, but he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I also... When I first heard of Ben Folds 5, I was so confused. Because there are three of them? There's three. Yeah. But I thought... I didn't know his name was Ben Folds. Ah. So I thought it was... It was a verb? Yeah, I thought the folds was like in poker. He's folding five. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. literally what I thought until I was like, oh, his name's Ben Folds. And I was like, okay. And I was like, wait, there's only three dudes. I remember that being a thing. Like, oh, isn't that 90s ironic that the name of the band yeah. is Ben Folds Five, but there's three of them? But I never, I don't think I ever found out the reason why they're called Ben Folds Five. <laughs> I never found out either. Oh, okay. No. Well, some Ben Folds Five fan who's listening is like, you idiot. You dumb fucks. This is the reason. Every. Ben Folds fan does it. It's so obvious. Yeah. But yeah, you'll see it uh, in the video and also just in the song. He's like He's punching the keyboard. punching the crap out of it. Like right here. Yeah, there, there weren't a lot of alternative rock pop piano yeah. players. Ben Folds was it. And man. this is good. And it rocks. I think it's yeah. great. It just keeps going. And it just gets faster. And I'm not even sure how much he... I don't know if Ben Folds 5 did a lot of albums. I think they might have done a couple, and then he went solo. Yeah, and then it was just Ben Folds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> does he do that thing like Tom Petty would do, where sometimes I'll put an album out and it's just Tom Petty, but like then the next one is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I like, has he gone was, back and forth? Or I don't it... think he's gone back. Oh. I always thought that he... 
just kind of was like, well, I'm done. I'm going to do my own thing. Okay. Which is weird because I'm like, isn't Ben Folds 5 your own thing? Not as those other two guys. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're the leader of it all. You wrote everything for me. Right. right. Um, yeah, I played the crap out of this CD in 97. Yeah. I was always listening to it. Huh. Uh, and this was my favorite song off the album. Oh, it was? Yeah. Because it's just just the sentiment of it. It's like, even so right now, it's like, kiss my ass. Yeah. And that's how the song ends. It's just saying, kiss my ass, kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard this before in my life. But oh, wow. it must have been a single. There's a music video for it. It was a... It was a I mean, here it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, Brick was the one. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even know if this was a major... This was a minor hit. Because Brick was so huge. Yeah, all of the, his other songs I've heard are a lot more fun than Brick. Yeah, oh boy. Brick's rough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love this. He has the other song, Battle for Who Could Care Less. Oh, is, I know that one. Yeah. I know that That's one. That's a little more like mid tempo y. Yeah. And I think this opens the album. Oh, okokay. Yeah, this is the album opener. Yeah, that's a bold move when yeah. it's your debut. It's a lot of confidence right there. <laughs> For a piano player. No I would have thought it was this the last song on the album. Like, now that you've presented your album songs, being like, yeah, right? No, he opens with this? I'm almost positive he opens with this. <laughs> yeah, it's a big play. Big play. All right, you've got, you have one more card. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to guess you hate this. I really hate this. I, no joke, really like this. I'll give you a caveat, though. Okay. Like... The a- that actual piano hook and then the string hook. Yes. That makes this song what it is. Yeah. I love that part. Okay. So there's the whole rest of the song, her singing. People have probably figured out what we're talking about from me saying, you know, the piano bit and then the strings. <laughs> I would love to, like, what is it? What is it? Yeah. It's Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. Yeah. This is everywhere in 2002. Yes. And it's also rehabbed. For me, by a scene in a movie, White Chicks, in, by, in White yeah, Chicks, when great. Terry Crews, is like, I love yeah, this song. It's and great in White his, Chicks. Yeah, it's great. Uh, this is a, a, a hot take, mm-hmm. and I, I'm only five percent saying this as a bit. This song kind of makes me want to be a millennial woman. <laughs> yeah, you would have been in your thirties when this came. Yeah, out. I was like thirty-two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of passive. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, if I was like a young woman, yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish I was a young woman so I could appreciate the song even more. Yeah, I was in college when this was a thing. Oh, I could see in college. You're not having it. Yeah. Because this is a real, like, supermarket PA song. Oh, God, yeah. This is way in Kmart. Let's play. People know it, but let's play. Yeah, this is super Kmart. Yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt has a bit where he talks about Africa by Toto. Yeah. And how perfect that song would be. He was like, I was. He's like, I was at the supermarket, in the frozen food aisle, mm-hmm. looking at lean cuisines, <laughs> and Toto's Africa came on, and he's like, this feeling, this wave of peacefulness washed <laughs> oh, over me. I do me. know that. Yeah. And in that moment, I could have happily put a gun in my mouth and blown my brains out. <laughs> I do remember that. That's what this song is to me. Okay. Like. Like, it's so nothing, and I can just, like, I hear it, and I picture myself at Ralph's, <laughs> just sort of going up and down the aisles, and this is playing, and I was like, I might as well just end it. It's done. There's no point. Yeah. It's <laughs> now, see, for me, and I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a love song. I don't know. I don't care. This music, uh, <laughs> I... 
embellishing it a bit, yeah. it lifts me up a little bit. I mean, it has that... It has a little bit of a rise of like... Yeah. Yeah, like I can do this. It's not a surprise that it was a hit. Not at all. Fun story about this. I did yeah. a little digging. Um, this was her first... Well, I don't know any other songs there. But yeah. this was her big song, her breakout song yeah. off her debut album. And she was like playing it for her mom. And her mom's like, that's a hit. Yeah. That's a hit. It's a huge hit. Yes. I mean, it literally is, but also, you know, before it was a hit, you hear it and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Huge hooks. This yes. is a pop hit. Yes. And I guess they, uh, whoever she got it to, gave, uh, sent it to Jimmy Ovine. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, yeah. this is huge. We need to release this now. And the original title of this song is called Interlude. <laughs> exactly. That, that is the 20 year old composer who yes. wrote it. That's their name. And she originally was like, no, it will be called that. Nope. It's not, and then they went, listen, this is your big chance to have a huge hit. No one's going to like a song called Interlude. Yeah. You need to just call it A Thousand Miles. She's like, fine. And it worked out. You know what, though? If she'd called it Interlude, it probably still would have been a hit. This song is, I hate it, but it's undeniably like, it is, if this is on the radio, yeah. it's, a, it's a smash. Yeah. It's... Great. Like this stuff like here, it's just like I don't know why, it just it lifts me up and being like, Yeah man, I'm a I'm a young powerful woman. <laughs> I, I can do this. Uh, it's insipid to me, but the I mean she, you know, she's a she's a piano player, she was like twenty when this came out. I would imagine some genius producer was the one who said, Let's put these strings on this. That do 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 Yeah, I'm sure to that is a huge part of it. But it's that and then her That piano hook is great. It's great. It is great. Yeah. I just want to hear it sampled out and put into something else. I just want to hear this to get me through a tough day. There is a bit of it to me that's like this brings me back to being 1920. I never listened to the song on purpose. Yeah. But in 2002, you couldn't help hearing no, it. If it's on the time. radio, it's yeah, and yeah. It, and it very is. It very it, it's very the soundtrack to that that year. Yes. And that era. I agree. I agree. And so it does make me flash back to being in college because it, it flashes back to me at a time of being in LA. Yeah. Uh, I think three kids. I might not have even been married yet. So, it, to me, it also makes me feel young, even though I was 32 when it happened. <laughs> 32 is young. 32 is young. <laughs> right. Yeah. 48 is young. Sure it is. Sure. Uh, and I think she's in L.A. in this video that's on a piano on a truck driving around. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple enough concept yes. for a video, but it works. When videos actually, like, meant something. Yeah. And I never know... I've never known... Anything else that she's done, but this I'm she sure she, I'm sure she had a follow, but follow I couldn't up. tell you what it but is. This is all she needs. This was this was enormous. Yeah. This song. yeah, yeah. This was the last one. This is the last song I I chose, and I was like, am I gonna choose it? Or am I gonna die for something else? And I was like, no. <laughs> Vanessa <laughs> wants me to put it on. I'm glad you chose it to represent the 2000s. Yeah, and also I always as big as uh, of a hit. As this was, I always confuse her with Michelle Branch, who was a young woman, similar looking, Branch. had a, a similar huge one-hit wonder hit at the same time. What song? Can't was remember it? the name of it now, but uh, maybe now that we've featured Vanessa Carlton's "A Thousand Miles" on our podcast, it'll help me remember which one is yeah. which. But it wasn't uh, Michelle Branch was a guitar player. Yes. She had a, uh, 
I'm gonna find out right now as we go. Okay, she they do look similar. Yeah. What? Oh, she sang the game of love with Santana. That wasn't. That, that wasn't, wasn't it? it. No. Is it everywhere? Air everywhere. That's got to be that. We're gonna. You know everywhere. Oh, you know everywhere. That's not. I don't think that's the one I'm trying to think of though. I'm putting money on it's everywhere. 2001. I don't. You're think everywhere. That's the I one. see when you're all alone. You're all I need. Something like that. That people help me out here. That doesn't. That doesn't ring. I'm. Down. I'm here to cut all this out. <laughs> no, we're not, because this is really important. I'm betting you a dollar that that was it. I don't remember. Paul, Maybe it was. Uh, I don't know. All you wanted. I don't know. It's such vague. We're going to play it after the show, and you're going to be like, <laughs> oh, that was it, Kirk. You were right. Yeah. Um, breathe, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? These songs just are just it's so all early. It's all it's like early an algorithm aughts. pick yeah. these song it's, titles. It's all early aughts songs. Yeah. So we can just move on. Uh, one more clip. Yeah. My last pick. We we did a whole episode about Billy Joel. But we were babies back then. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I almost just put in that clip again of him. Yeah. Play, but then I found the Oscar Peterson. The clip. Oscar Peterson was killer. And I was like, all right, we don't need to rewatch. But I did want to put some Billy Joel in here. So I mean, you you kind of. I mean, well, you know, I'm a bigger Elton John fan. I'll say that, and I know you don't like Elton. John. I like one song. Which song do you like? Tiny Dancer. Okay. Which is beautiful. That one's fine. Love it. But, uh... <laughs> Wait, that one's fine? It's it's just overplayed What's What's your Elton John song? Are you, doing, mean, are you diving deep with it, or... Don't dive deep with it. What's your You know Elton what song? I like? This isn't really a deep dive. Amarina. Because that's the one they use... No, you do know it, because that's the one they play in its entirety of, uh, over the opening credits of Dog Day Afternoon. Which oh, is why I like it. okay. That's All on right. Tumbleweed Connection. Okay, yeah, yeah, That yeah, one's yeah. great. I got it. Uh... But yeah, I mean, Tiny Dancer is great. It's just sort of done. Uh, they used it prominently in Almost Famous when right. I was when I was a college freshman. Yeah. And then so every other 18-year-old was like, I love Tiny Dancer now. <laughs> and it just played in the dorm yeah. like all the time. And so I'm sort of yeah. forever sick of it. But it's great. It is great. I would wholeheartedly choose Billy Joel over Elton John. Uh, I prefer Elton, but okay. I'm just saying as an example. Like, I love yeah. Elton John. We didn't put him in this episode. That yeah. would have been an obvious choice. put Ray Charles, which, you know. Sure, Stevie Wonder. There's only so many guys. There's only so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to close it out with this very fun uh, viral video from a few years ago. Mm. Uh, uh, Billy Joel was performing at Vanderbilt, and he, he likes to do uh, Q&A sessions yeah. when he does shows. So he was playing for this college audience, and he was doing a Q&A. And this bold kid, bold little asshole, got up. You Maybe you've seen this, because this did kind of go viral. Yes, this did go viral. Yes. This kid gets up, and basically he asks Billy Joel if he can play, if he can accompany him yeah. on piano. Billy Joel will sing, and this kid wants to play piano. And that's all I'll say for the setup. And uh, let's watch the clip. This is from 2013. I do remember this vaguely. And it's on now it's on Billy Joel's official like YouTube channel. Okay, group of the fan club here. Uh, are they all pointing to you? Okay. Um, my favorite song of yours is New York City Mine. Good song. It's a good song. Um, I've been very it's no my life. Uh, I was able to play with Richie Canada. You know who Richie Cannata is? Is that his... Uh, Billy's saxophone player. Saxophone player, okay. The kid just said, I was fortunate enough to play it with Richie Cannata. So, so he played New York State of Mind with Richie yeah. Cannata. 
Nice uh, reference there, kid. To say that you're legit. He just asked Billy Joel if he now, was Now, here's the thing. What's Billy Joel going to do? Yeah, that's sort of the thing. Well, you know, he could diplomatically be like... You know the way that some celebrities won't sign autographs yeah. or, or take selfies with people? Yeah. It's like, look, people ask me hundreds of times a yeah. day if they can do this. I can't say yes to everybody, so I can't say yes to anybody. So thank you for asking, but I really can't. I have to say... You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be fine. Um... But he doesn't say. He that. doesn't. He says sure. I love the way he says it too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, you you name dropped Richie, so yeah. So sure. you gotta be yeah. something. You gotta. See. What do you play? The piano. What key do you do it in? Now you could barely hear what it. What did he say? He said, "What key do you want me to play it in?" Oh. <laughs> The crowd goes, ooh. He's got cuyons. Yes. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. I mean, Billy Joel is taking a risk. He doesn't know if this kid's any good. He's like, okay, here's what you hear. That's funny. Maybe maybe the kid's going to stumble through it like the emperor. I would have liked a more like... Hey, can I play We Didn't Start the Fire with You? <laughs> Just something weird. <laughs> pressure. Let's play Pressure. <laughs> pressure. I would have loved Pressure. Uh, okay, he can play. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is so psyched. Yeah. But he also knows how good he is. I read an interview with him from after this, and he talked. He's from Long Island. He's like, you don't grow up on Long Island and not love Billy. Joel. Yeah, it's and not. then also it, me as a as a piano player as a kid, you quadruple love Billy. Joel. Yeah, it's like law. Yeah. The way Billy's just leaning on the piano, like watching him, like, <laughs> all like, right, yeah, okay. He's like, you're good. This is gonna work out fine. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> you're doing a great job with my classic hit. Yeah. He, he put on his We Didn't Start the Fire glasses. Some folks like to get away. fit. <laughs> Take a holiday from the neighborhood. He can still sing. I mean, I know this is 2013, but... Yeah. I thought he stopped because he couldn't sing anymore. Maybe that's more recent. I didn't Maybe. Heard. No, he's still performing. He's still performing. Yeah. He can still sing, man. Hey, this kid could die after this. Oh, He's yeah. Like, All right. It's, yeah. Look what I can It's a do. dream come true for a Long Island kid who plays piano. I'm going to dive deep into Billy Joel tomorrow, too. I got a big day tomorrow. I got Oscar Peterson and Billy Joel to go to. Billy Joel music is just like a warm hug. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, uh, like, again, it's, it's my childhood. Yeah. It's not something that I was like, Billy Joel's my top ten. Right. It's just, he's always around. Same. He's always around. Yeah. I'm in a New York state of mind. And there's so much you can like. But Billy doesn't know what to do with his hands. He's like miming playing because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, like what I'm not going to do. I'm like, it was so easy. That kid is so happy. So I feel like Sinatra. Yeah. With the rhythm and blues. <laughs> 
This totally makes me think of, and I we might have brought this up in the Billy Joel uh, episode, but uh, Michael Ian Black's My Custom Van, his book. Of, yeah. Michael Ian Black had a, it was his first book, it was like short stories and comedy. Yeah. Things. And his first, uh, like one of the first pieces in the book is uh, what Billy Joel must be thinking when he goes to a, uh, a dinner party. And the whole thing is in first person of Billy Joel going, they're going to fucking make me play piano, man. They're going to fucking make me, someone's going to ask me, and what do I do? Do I say no? Do I be an asshole? What do I do? And then at the end's with, no, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to play piano because I'm Billy fucking Joel. And this makes me think of that. It's great. But yeah, it's like, of course I'm going to play, I sing New York State of Mind. I, yeah. It's a great song and I wrote it and it's great. Piano Man is the last song I'd ask Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Play. He, not, might, he not, might have said no if it was Piano Man. Yeah. Not just because it's too obvious, but because it's not my favorite Billy Joel song no. at all. No. But this one I, w- I might ask yeah. him to play. Maybe even just the way you are. Like, I like the sentimental pap. I like the... <laughs> I like the kids just hammering it up. Man. Go for it. Yeah. Man. I mean... He's wearing his, his khakis and yes. his dumb windbreaker. He's, I mean, if you're going to get that one shot, you might as well just go off and... Oh, yeah. And bang the shit out of the piano. He nailed it. He fucking nailed it. He's like, what's your name, kid? The cynic in me, and by that I just mean me. It's just Paul. Michael Pollock. Nice. The cynic in me, there's a piece of me that's like, what's the whole thing set up? Because it was almost too perfect. But but I don't think it was. I don't want to think that. Guys got chops. I would, yeah, I would hate to think that, like, they even, like, practiced Plan- it or anything. Yeah. Let's just live in our... Because he accompanied him so well. It but... was so good. Yeah. But let's just say that... And that's how you get to be a horn player in New York City. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live in the dream and say that it was all spontaneous. I think, I mean, I... There were some interviews with the kid afterwards, and it seems like it, it's legit. Yeah. Good luck to you, Michael. I think you're going to be fine. Let me take another question. I wonder what so, Michael is doing now. Well, I have some answers for oh, you. Okay. I, I did, a, I did a little digging. Yeah. I did a little internet searching. I'm not going to say which search engine I mm-hmm. use because we're not being paid. Yeah. Um, it was very. There were a lot of links because, but but because of this video went viral. Like the kid ended up doing like the Today Show, mm-hmm. and like, that's right. And it was all stuff like that. Like in the wake of this viral video. Yeah. He got a lot of interviews about, like, what was it like playing with Billy Joel? And he just talked about this night, and he talked about how he was super, super wicked nervous when he was asking the question. He's like, you can hear it in my voice when I'm asking him if I can play. My voice is all shaky. And he's like, as soon as I got on stage, not nervous at all. He's Uh like, once he said yes and I get up there, he's like, I played that song so many times. And he's like, all the nerves, like, left me. It was just, it was just great. Oh, good. Uh, but all the, I couldn't find anything about what he's doing now. All of the links that I found were about this, mm-hmm. with one exception. Last year, uh, he he co-wrote a song that Kelly Clarkson uh, put on one of her albums and released ah, as a single. Look at that. Look I don't know the song, but it's called I Don't Think About You. It was a single last year. I vaguely know the title of it. For that. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. And uh, Michael Pollock co-wrote it. And I did. I confirmed that it is the same Michael Pollock from 
who and making some cash, doing what he loves. Yeah, love that. So I'm hoping that that kernel, that seed of his, will start, you know, bearing more fruit, and he'll 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 write more songs. I hope so like too. A, yeah, because that would be great. As opposed to yeah, I graduated, and you know. Yeah. Now I'm a VP at a bank. That is too sad to even think about. Yeah. I don't want this viral video yeah. to be the peak of Michael exactly. Pollock's life. He's too good at piano or player. career as a musician. Yeah. yeah. Even you know whether he's not performing but just creating music that he's making a living on. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. all you want. Yeah. That's awesome. I just I love that clip. Yeah, that's and great. Billy Joel's "So Likable" is such a fun song, and the kid killed it. It wasn't like, oh, that was good for a piano. Yeah, singer. no, he made. Yeah, it. it wasn't. Oh, that's cute. Look at him do it. That's good. It was like, yeah, that's legit. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a pianist. Yeah. Uh, but that's all for this episode of Music Raygun. Thanks for listening. Music Raygun is hosted by me, Paul Champanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Our theme music is by Josh McDonald. Our credits music is Raygun by Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer. If you like the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on your favorite podcast app. It'll help other people find us. And if you know someone who you think might like Music Raygun, tell them about it because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. Until next time, see ya! See ya!